0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I am your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, and the man who calls everything right down the middle, Dion Tyre Gordon, enough of the bullshit, let's get to work. NFL playoffs have arrived my favorite time of the year, this and Christmas. Christmas after Christmas, I guess. The NFL playoffs begin this Saturday, NFL Super Wild Card Weekend, beginning in Houston, Texas, you know. Anytime the Houston Texans make the playoffs, they are contractually obligated by law. They are mandated, federally mandated to play in that first playoff game at that 4.30 Saturday afternoon, early window or evening window playoff game. If the Houston Texans make the playoffs, they are playing the first playoff game. Death, Texas, and the Houston Texans playing the first playoff game of the playoff schedule. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Matt Schaub, Deshaun Watson, my man C.J. Stroud right now putting in work. Doesn't matter. The Houston Texans are always going to be that first playoff game on NFL playoff weekend. Hosting the Cleveland Browns, we'll get to that later. We'll get to all these games later. I'm just going to outline and map out who's playing who and, you know, set the table a little bit. Uh, Houston and Cleveland, 430. The late night game on the Peacock Network, P-Paws, for those immature folk who might be listening to the Deion Gordon podcast, on P-Paws Network, the champions of the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the most fraudulent football team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. On Peacock Network, you must subscribe to watch an NFL playoff game. The apocalypse has arrived. You already got to pay to watch garbage, shitty, pathetic Thursday night football games on Amazon. It's Pitiful, boring-ass games on a weekly basis. You already got to pay to see that. Now you got to pay to see Tua Tungvaloa throw for 102 yards and lose 27-9 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Sunday, Pittsburgh and Buffalo, followed by Green Bay and Dallas, and the nightcap is Detroit. The Detroit Lions winning their division for the first time in over 30 years since 1991. Welcome back to the playoffs. Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and the Detroit Lions. Good to see you. Hosting an old friend, Matt Stafford. Coming in, leading the Los Angeles Rams into the playoffs. Who would have thought before the season started that the Rams were going to make the playoffs this year? A good team down the stretch in November and December, and here they are. Matt Stafford, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay, Akosha, I've maligned several times here on this podcast. I question the credibility. Of Sean McVay, but truthfully, in the interest of transparency, I think he's in the conversation for Coach of the Year this season. He's done a hell of a job. And then on Monday night, the nightcap, the uh, the finale of NFL Super Wildcard Playoff Weekend, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. What happened to them? Ooh, I, I can answer my own question. I know what happened to the Philadelphia Eagles. They they have not been the same since December third. What happened on December third? 42 19 happened on December 3rd, courtesy of the reigning conquering champions, defending champions of the National Football Conference Western Division, my beloved San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles have not been the same team since Brock Purdy took a shit in everybody in Philadelphia's cheesesteak. The Niners showed up and put another crack in the Liberty Bell on December 3rd, and the Eagles have not been the same since. One and five since getting earth, wind, fire, and ice beaten out of them by the San Francisco 49ers on December 3rd. And ooh, speaking of the San Francisco 49ers, we call that a segue in the business. Let's go ahead and transition to the number one seed. In the National Football Conference, the road to Super Bowl 58 travels through Santa Clara, California, home of the five-time, 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 and five-time, and hopefully soon-to-be six-time Super Bowl champion San Francisco 49ers. I said all season long. I said before the season started. If the Niners get home field, they're going to the Super Bowl. It's imperative. It's essential Critical that the 49ers gets home field advantage this season. I said that all year long on numerous and multiple podcasts. I made that abundantly clear. In 2019, the 49ers had home field advantage, and they dismantled the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers en route to Super Bowl 54. Then, 2021, they go on the road to play the L.A. Rams. They lose the NFC Championship game last year. An absolute debacle in Philadelphia. We lost all of our quarterbacks. We literally ran out of quarterbacks last season in the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy, Josh Johnson, both get hurt in that game, and we lose 31-7. To me, the moral of the story is, if the 49ers have to go on the road to play an NFC Championship, they're going to lose. If they get home games... It's an easier path. They're going to the Super Bowl. That's my rationale, all right? Just let me have that. I mean, obviously I'm biased in saying that. Anybody that knows me or has listened to the podcast knows I'm a 49er fan. That's just what it is. So I'll go ahead and admit my bias. But I don't think anyone in the NFC can realistically show up at Levi's Stadium in January and win a football game. I just don't see it happening. Dallas, Philadelphia, Tampa, Detroit, Rams, Packers, none of them can win a football game in January in Levi's Stadium. I just don't see it happening. Only one way. Only one way it might happen. The only real liability and weakness the 49ers truly have, special teams. Specifically, rookie kicker Jake Moody, who missed two field goals in the Rams game. And the Rams game was a throwaway game. Like You don't really give a fuck about that game. It's the end of the season. Nobody even played and mattered. The starters got rest. All the best players on the team are on the sideline wearing hoodies and sweatpants and shit. It's a, it's a preseason game, basically. But Jake Moody was out there, and it's still NFL kicks. It's still field goals. It still matters. His job, he's being looked at. He's under the microscope because a lot of 49er fans have been skeptical of him all season. Go back to that Cleveland game where he missed a potential game-winning field goal. And throughout the season he just he appeared to be shaky and inconsistent and untrustworthy. I have about as much faith in Jake Moody making a game-winning field goal in the playoffs as I do in Joe Biden being able to successfully recite all the words to the Declaration of Independence. In other words, I have no confidence in this. He's the he's the one real weakness on the team, the one true liability. Another potential impediment if Eric Armstead isn't healthy in the playoffs, Dante Whitner said this on the uh, 49er Post game live, and I agree, I co-signed this a 1,000%. If Eric Armstead is not healthy, fully healthy, and ready to go in the playoffs, that could cost us. Armstead is a very important player on the team. It might not always show up in the numbers, but it shows up on film. Go look at it. The 49ers are a better football team when Eric Armstead is on the field. The last thing I heard about Armstead, who's been out since that Eagles ass whooping, that Eagles evisceration on December 3rd, the last thing I heard about Armstead was if last Sunday's game was a must-win situation, if any, if anything was on the line in that game last Sunday against Los Angeles, he would have played. And that is according to Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, so I was encouraged when I heard that update yesterday. We're going to need him. The Niners are coming in hot, 12-5. and Like I said, disregard the last game of the season. You take away the three-game losing streak and that Christmas Day nightmare, that Christmas night annihilation against Baltimore, 33-19. The Niners had a great season this year. The 49ers were the first team in pro football history to have four different players accumulate over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, all each had over 4,000 yards of total offense from scrimmage. The game ball from the the Week 18 game, Game 17, Week 18, the game ball from that game has been sent to Canton, Ohio, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame to commemorate this monumental achievement of four different players on your offense, each accumulating over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. Congratulations to those guys. Great football team. It's been a great year. It's been a great season. Brock Purdy played MVP caliber football all year. The hope is, the fingers are crossed, wishing on a star, lucky rabbit's foot, four-leaf clover, whatever you might need, luck, superstition, hope, prayer – that this is finally the year. For the first time since January 29th, 1995, the 49ers win the Super Bowl this year, hopefully. Now, let's talk about the rest of the NFL playoffs. And uh, I'll even go as far as to make a Super Bowl prediction. Might have low-key already spoiled that prediction. But anyway, here, here we go. The number one seed in the AFC, the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens good football team, Lamar Jackson, more than likely... Going to win MVP this season? And you know what, rightfully so. All the yards he's put up, the numbers he's put up, the caliber of football he's played the majority of the season, his team's win-loss record, and let's be honest, let's call it what it is, it's a quarterback's award. Basically, on Christmas night, that game was a de facto MVP elimination game, and Brock Purdy had four picks. Brock Purdy played like ass on Christmas night against Baltimore. And basically got eliminated from the MVP conversation. So Lamar Jackson's gonna win it. It's a quarterback's award. So don't talk to me about Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. They have no chance. It's a quarterback's award. Congratulations. Let me be the first to congratulate Lamar Jackson on winning 2023 2024 NFL League MVP. However, And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, and I hate to be that guy, but as I say at the onset of every single episode of the Deion Gordon Podcast, we call things right down the middle on this here program. And truthfully, honestly, authentically, I'm just going to say it, I I hope no black people get mad at me for saying this, I hesitate to even articulate this thought into a microphone but it is what it is it's truth it's reality it's honesty Lamar Jackson has never had a good playoff game when has that ever happened someone tell me someone fill me in let me know put me up on game enlighten me when has Lamar Jackson ever had a good performance in a playoff game even the one playoff game he won against Tennessee in 2020 he was better running than he was throwing someone show me the evidence someone show me evidence to the contrary 2019 he won league mvp that season 36 touchdown passes six interceptions he was extraordinary that season he rightfully deserved to win nfl league mvp in 2019 an absolutely outstanding season by lamar jackson in 2019 in the playoffs what happened first round by similar to this season They played Tennessee that year and they lost. He was garbage in that game. Let's call it what it is. If you don't believe me, just take a look at the numbers. As a matter of fact, you don't even need to look at the numbers. I'll do it for you in four career playoff games. Lamar Jackson has a passer rating of 68.3 with 900 yards, three touchdown passes, and five interceptions in four playoff games. Let's go further. 2018, his first ever playoff game against the L.A. Chargers, 14 of 29, a 48.3 completion percentage, Two, two touchdown passes, one pick in that game, got sacked seven times in that game. If you remember, that was the game where the Chargers, the entire game, rushed three and dropped eight and made Lamar pass and made Lamar play quarterback from the pocket, and you saw the results. It was garbage. Uh, The aforementioned Tennessee Titan game in 2019, home game in Baltimore. Ravens' number one seed stormed their way into the playoffs. Everybody thought the Baltimore Ravens are going to the Super Bowl. They got the best record in the NFL this year. Not. Nope. Divisional playoff round loss. And Lamar Jackson in that game, 31-59, 52.5 completion percentage, one touchdown, two picks, got sacked four times. Not very good. And then in 2020, in two career playoff, and two uh, total playoff games, I should say, 31 of 48, 341 yards in two games, 64.6 percent completion percentage, 170.5 yards per game, zero touchdown passes, and two picks in that 2020 postseason run. It's not hate. I don't know the brother. I never met him in real life. Seems like a nice dude, a good, down to earth, solid A one brother. And I root for brothers, and I root for black quarterbacks to play well and be successful and defy stereotypes and break new molds, etc. I just call what I see. He has never really been good in the NFL playoffs. It's a different season. It's a whole different monster. And until I see evidence to the contrary, I don't believe in Baltimore, and I don't believe in Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I'm just being honest. You can get mad if you want to. If you're black, you can call me a coon, or Uncle Tom, a or jigaboo, a porch monkey, a sambo, a house negro. I don't care. I just call what I see. And this brother does not play well in NFL playoff games. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Let's take inventory of the entire NFL playoffs, the whole bracket, AFC, NFC. And let's take a look at who I think is going to win every single game how the playoffs and the Super Bowl is going to turn out. Start with the first game, Cleveland against Houston. The Cleveland Browns have miraculously made the playoffs despite utilizing four different quarterbacks this season. Deshaun Watson, who's a sign for $250 million guaranteed, played like four or five games this season, wasn't that good, hurt his shoulder, got lost for the season. Season-ending shoulder surgery, he's out. P.J. Walker played a few games. Beat the 49ers, I'll give him credit for that. I'll say that. I've always been a fan of P.J. Walker. He was a dog in the XFL. Played some good football for the Carolina Panthers. I'm a, I'm a P.J. Walker fan. He got hurt. Here comes Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a young man from UCLA, another young black quarterback I was very high on coming out of UCLA. I, I was low-key hoping the 49ers would draft him. He got an opportunity to play this season. Truthfully, he wasn't very good. He's a rookie, still got some time. But call it what it is, he was trash. And then they find Joe Flacco on his couch watching Netflix. Give him a phone call. Say, hey, Joe, what are you doing? Oh, I ain't doing shit. I'm just watching TV. Oh, we need a quarterback. Well, sure, I'll do it. Fuck it. Here comes Joe Flacco to save the day to the rescue. And he's been outstanding. He's been awesome. He's carving people up. He looks like the Joe Flacco I saw on that 2012 playoff run that unfortunately... (sighs) Culminated in a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 47 against my beloved San Francisco 49ers. But Joe Flacco right now is giving me flashbacks to what I saw in 2012. And if he plays, if he can continue to play this caliber of football in the playoffs with that Cleveland Browns defense, Cleveland's got a chance. Don't count them out. The Brownies got a chance. I'm going to say it again. The Cleveland Browns could potentially play in the Super Bowl this season. I would not be surprised. That's a good football team. You look at that defense. They're good on all three phases of the defense. Miles Garrett, pass rusher, extraordinaire, awesome, phenomenal, fucking incredible. That dude's a grown adult man. Miles Garrett is awesome. On a linebacker level, you got my man Jeremiah Owusu-Kamara. Played at Notre Dame. I'm a Notre Dame fan. He's a hybrid linebacker and safety. You can line him up anywhere on the field. Great football player. Denzel Ward on the back end, secondary, shut down, elite corner. The Browns are a good football team. They lost Nick Chubb early in the season on Monday night against Pittsburgh. Still win football games. You, lose four, you, you play four different quarterbacks, and you lose your best offensive player in Nick Chubb, and you're still in the playoffs. You still win 11 games. Cleveland is no joke. Do not take the Browns lightly. I like the Houston Texans. I root for them. D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud, big fans of both these brothers. Huge fans of them. D'Amico Ryans, former 49er defensive coordinator, C.J. Stroud. I told people, I'm not the kind of guy to say I told you so, but I told you so. C.J. Stroud was always, to me, a better prospect than Bryce Young. Bigger, taller, better. In no way, shape, or form, in no universe ever, if Deion Gordon was a GM of a pro football team, would he ever draft a quarterback that is physically capable of going bungee jumping or skydiving off a street curb? Bryce Young is like 5'9", a buck 70, soaking wet on a good day. Good college quarterback, but he's too small. He's too short. He's a pipsqueak. He's a midget. He's diminutive in size. He's vertically challenged. He can't even see over his own offensive line. Why would you take him with the first pick in the draft? The Carolina Panthers are garbage. To me, it should have always been C.J. Stroud. He's been out. He's been incredible this season. He's been magnificent. Any superlative you want to use, C.J. Stroud is that. Any good, positive adjective, C.J. Stroud is that. Rookie of the year in a landslide. If he doesn't win it, the whole shit is fixed. Throw the whole, throw the entire award out the fucking window. If C.J. Stroud does not win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year this season, he was low key in the MVP conversation. Let's call it what. Let's call it what it is. One more time, C.J. Stroud legitimately throughout the entire season. You can make a real honest case that C.J. Stroud could be MVP this season. Not going to win it, but definitely will get Offensive Rookie of the Year. But I don't think. Houston strikes me as a team that's just happy to be here. They overachieved. They're a year ahead of schedule. It's awesome they made the playoffs. It's a great story. Nico Collins is a great wide receiver. They took Will Anderson from Alabama last season. They're building something in Houston. They're trending in the right direction. They're going forward. And it's cool to see because you think back to about two, three years ago, they were fucking terrible. Losing Deshaun Watson, losing DeAndre Hopkins, losing J.J. Watt. Got to the playoffs in 2019, and they've been in shambles ever since, but they've turned it around. D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud has rejuvenated that franchise and that fan base. It's going to be a scene. Hopefully hopefully Houston comes out and supports that team because the fan base, not always there in Houston. I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem that strong, but hopefully they represent – this uh, Saturday down in Houston, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I got Cleveland winning that football game and moving forward in the playoffs. The game on Peacock, Paws for the, uh, like I said, the immature folk, Kansas City hosting Miami. The weather report says that game is going to be about zero degrees. That's one reason why the Miami Dolphins have zero chance. They have a snowball's chance in hell of winning that playoff game. No chance whatsoever. No chance in hell like the Vince McMahon theme song. If the Miami Dolphins win that game, I'm going to re-enlist back into the United States Navy. That's how confident I am Kansas City is going to win that game. And let's, let's be clear. Let's be honest about the situation. This is not the normal Kansas City Chiefs team we're accustomed to. They've been out of sorts, stagnant, complacent. They've been mediocre the entire season. The offense... Especially the defense has carried the football team. The defense has been the best part of the Kansas City football team all season long. They've been known for their prolific offense over the years, but that's not been the case this season. They got a plethora of wide receivers that could not catch COVID at a Trump rally. Travis Kelsey, more concerned with fucking Taylor Swift. Patrick Mahomes, despondently and apoplectic and immature and childish all season. The way he went off after that Buffalo game, Complaining to Josh Allen about the officiating, the nerve, the unmitigated gall, the audacity of Patrick Mahomes to complain and cry about officiating? The fuck out of here, man. How many times have we seen you get beneficial calls? I'm a Niner fan. And I hate to I hate to bring up sour grapes, but Super Bowl 54 had some very dubious and suspicious play calling, some hmm, that was interesting calls throughout the entire game. I didn't hear Patrick Mahomes complaining then on that third and 15, that Jet Chip Wasp, the play that pretty much lost the game for the 49ers when he hit a downfield explosive bomb to Tyreek Hill, and pretty much that that was the catalyst that led to Kansas City overtaking San Francisco and, and... scoring 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter and winning the game 31-10. Go back and look at that play and tell me that 97 in white and red with a gold helmet, my man Nick Bosa, tell me he wasn't being held on that play. I'm not the kind of guy to complain about officiating too much, but Mahomes crying about officiating throughout the entire season was a joke. Look at that Christmas game. That team appeared just unraveled. You had Kelsey throwing his helmet. You had Mahomes cursing out offensive linemen and receivers and just being, a, like I said, a bitch. You had Andy Reid was getting in people's faces throughout the entire game. They're not the same Kansas City Chiefs. And with all that being said, I think they're going back to the Super Bowl. I just got a feeling. They're a team, I got respect for them. I got PTSD from Super Bowl 54. I bring it up quite often. I need to go see a therapist. Because I still can't believe they won that game. And they, like I said, 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to win that football game. And I've seen Mahomes do that to a lot of teams over the years. And that team, as long as 15 in red is on the field and the fat man on the sidelines is still calling plays, I'm never going to count them out. I still believe in Kansas City. And I know the road to the Super Bowl goes through Baltimore in the AFC, but As I said earlier, I don't believe in Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I do believe in Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And until somebody beats them and knocks them out, I got Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. That's just the way I see it shaking down. Miami, come on, what are we talking about here? What good game has the Miami Dolphins had this season against a good football team? The Miami Dolphins this season are one in 5 against playoff teams with a minus 91 point differential, negative 91 against good football teams. Only the Giants and Washington Commanders had a worse point differential against playoff teams. According to the Ringer and The Athletic, the Miami Dolphins are a knockoff Jordan football team. If you bought a pair of Jordans back in the day from NiceKicks.com, the Concord, Jordan 11s, and they cost sixty-five dollars That's the Miami Dolphins. As a football team, they are the equivalent of stolen goods being sold out the back of a white van by an African immigrant. That's who they are. They're fake, phony, fraudulent, disingenuous, inauthentic, not real, a BBL. They're a a BBL of a football team. They're a Brazilian butt lift of a football team. The Miami Dolphins are a joke, and there's no way they're going to go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs when it's zero degrees outside. I will re-enlist back into the United States Navy if that happens. That's how confident I am that it's not going to happen. The other AFC game, and this is my dark horse in the AFC. I'm looking at three teams in the AFC that I'm really high on. Obviously, one team can represent the AFC, but three teams, Kansas City, Cleveland, and the Buffalo Bills. One of those three teams I got a feeling is going to play in the Super Bowl. Probably Kansas City because, I like I said, I don't count out 15 in red and the fat dude on the sidelines, but Josh Allen is intriguing because he can lose a game and he can win a game. He led the NFL this year in touchdowns, total touchdowns and passing yards and total yards or whatever for one player for a quarterback and also led the NFL in turnovers. He can win you a game, he can lose you a game. He's a hybrid, a modern-day hybrid of Cam Newton and Brett Favre minus the welfare fraud and stupid outfits. That's Josh Allen. However, I will say this. As uh, inconsistent and philanthropic as Josh Allen has been with the football during the regular season and the postseason, he is the antithesis of Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen gets better in the playoffs. In the playoffs, Josh Allen has a career passer rating of 99.6 with 2,334 yards 17 touchdowns and four picks in eight games in the playoffs. I've seen Josh Allen look like the best quarterback in the NFL in numerous playoff games. Not saying that he is, but in the playoffs, think about that 47-17 to demolition of New England a couple of years ago. Think about that game he had versus Kansas City a couple of years ago. I want to say 2021, yeah, it was 2021, divisional playoff game. Josh Allen, outstanding, unbelievable, a whole different planet, a next level of quarterbacking, perfect, flawless, just absolutely omnipresent in that playoff game against Kansas City. That's a game I always use as an example of why I hate, loathe, and despise people that talk about quarterback win-loss record because too often you'll see a quarterback like, I don't know, Who's a good example of a quarterback that won a lot of football games despite doing nothing to contribute to his team winning the football game? Who's a quarterback that basically jacked off the whole game and then drowned in his own semen and somehow still won the football game because everybody around him carried him, his defense, his running game, his coach, play caller, Everybody else was awesome. He was the drizzling shits, but somehow still won the game. Who fits that description? I know Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of times, people always bring up Jimmy's win-loss record, and it infuriates me because I know for a fact he did not contribute that much to the wins, especially the playoff wins. On the flip side, you got a quarterback like Josh Allen— who in that playoff game against Kansas City was Jesus Christ in football pads. He did everything possible to win the football game and still lost because his defense failed him. He gave his defense the lead with 13 seconds left in the football game and still lost. He did everything right and he still lost. And people hold that against him. People say that's a playoff loss on his resume. No, it's not. Well, technically it is, but in in reality, no, it's not. The team lost that game. The quarterback played phenomenal. He should have won that game. Quarterback win-loss stats are complete bullshit to me because far too often, like I said, mediocre quarterbacks get too much credit for winning, and a quarterback can play out of his fucking mind and still lose, and people blame him for the loss. I don't like that. I can't stand that shit. I mean, seriously, what else was he supposed to do? In that game, when Tyreek Hill scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter with a minute four to go down 29 26, that 62 yard touchdown run where the play where Tyreek Hill ran away from the Buffalo Bills, 62 yards, a minute four left to go down 29 26. Josh Allen had just thrown a touchdown pass to give the Bills the lead. Should he get also lined up at inside linebacker or free safety on that play and tackled Tyreek Hill? What the fuck? You know, you know what Buffalo should have done on that play? They should have brought back O.J. Simpson in a white Ford Bronco and had him run over Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's not like O.J. wouldn't have a problem doing something like that. He killed two people a long time ago. I'm sure he could run over a football player on a football field in a white Ford Bronco to help his, f- his former football team win the game. I'm sure Orenthal would have no problem with that. But in all seriousness... Josh Allen gets shit done in the playoffs, 7-1 during the regular season at home, as a matter of fact, but oh, by the way, and that's where this game is going to be played. The Bills won the AFC East last Sunday night by beating the Miami Dolphins, and truthfully, Josh was not good in that game, had two idiotic turnovers, two horrendous picks in that game, but they won, got a kick return for a touchdown, team effort. See, that's that's a perfect example I'm not giving Josh Allen credit for that win. That's a team win. Technically, he gets credit for being a quarterback, and it goes on his win-loss record, but in all reality, his team won that game. But by proxy, they get to host a playoff game this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. How does Mike Tomlin do it? He's never had a losing season. The much maligned Mike Tomlin. People in Pittsburgh don't like him. There's a lot of Steeler fans that want Mike Tomlin gone. Good luck on that. I don't know who else you're going to find that's better. If Kyle Shanahan wasn't the coach of the 49ers, I would happily take Mike Tomlin. Former Super Bowl champion and, as I just said, has never had a losing season in the NFL. Look at the quarterbacks on that roster. Kenny Pickett can't play. Let's call it what it is. Kenny Pickett's not good. And he's hurt right now anyway. Then you talk about Mitchell Trubisky. Come on. Mitchell. If, if Mitchell Trubisky was a beer, he'd be Keystone Light. He'd be a, a Coors Light. He'd be Milwaukee's best. Some shitty beer that's not good at all. That's Mitchell Trubisky. Then you talk about Mason Rudolph, the current quarterback, who's played pretty well, won games, and led them to the playoffs down the stretch. Beat Seattle on the road. Beat Baltimore, albeit the Ravens had their backups. They already had home field locked up. But still, down the stretch, really the best quarterback Pittsburgh had all season was Mason Rudolph. Not saying a whole lot. That's like saying you're a better father than Chris Benoit. I mean, what are you what are you even saying in that statement? It's a miracle that Pittsburgh made the playoffs, but they're going to be one and done. J, uh, I'm about to say J.J. Watt. Excuse me, blame my last. T.J. Watt. A star elite premier pass rusher in the NFL, a top three pass rusher in the league. No question, no doubt about that in no particular order. You could talk about Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, so on and so forth. But to me, it it always – T.J. Watts always in that conversation. T.J. Watts is – T.J. Watts, excuse me, singular, Watts, is one of those people, as a football fan, I just enjoy watching him play football. I enjoy watching him apply his craft. I enjoy watching him do what he does for a living. He's he's awesome. There's no other way to put it. T.J. Watt's awesome. Unfortunately, he got hurt in the Baltimore game. It wasn't as bad as it looked. If you look at that replay, that looked nasty. That looked like an ACL. Fortunately, he avoided that. It's an MCL sprain. He could play if Pittsburgh somehow pulls off the upset against Buffalo. He could come back later on in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to beat Buffalo on the road. No T.J. Watt. I think it's a great story that Pittsburgh even made the playoffs. I think it's a testament to Mike Tomlin that they made it as far as they've made it. But I think the season comes to an end in the wild card round. I got Buffalo moving on. So in the AFC... I got the five-seed Cleveland Browns being led by Joe Flacco taking on his former team, the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of Ravens fans, a lot of people in Maryland in general still love Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, I should say, got to put the Maryland accent on it when you say Joe Flacco's name, former Ravens quarterback. I think that's going to be a great game. I got Cleveland winning it, though. I think the Browns' division rival, good defense, as physically tough and just as nasty as Baltimore is and the Ravens are't a t- the Ravens are in a tough spot because a lot of teams over the years dominate the regular season kick ass take names destroy people left and right and then roll into the playoffs and one and done they lose that first playoff game you take a week off you get stagnant you get complacent. You start believing your own headlines. Everybody's pumping you up, talking about how great you are. You took a week off. You lost that edge. The team that played in the wild card, they're still playing football. They're still in the moment. You're no longer in the moment. You got to get reacclimated to the moment. That's something else I worry about with the 49ers. Three things, Jake Moody, Eric Armstead, and that playoff first-round by complacency that somehow gets sometimes gets teams fucked up. And we've seen that over the years. Think about Green Bay in 2011, 15 and one, lost the divisional game to the Giants that year, who eventually went on to win the Super Bowl. That was Eli Manning's second Super Bowl run and legendary playoff performances, etc. But Green Bay is 15 and one, coming off winning a Super Bowl, and got upset in that divisional round. That's happened many times over the years. I worry about that with the 49ers. I think that's going to happen to Baltimore. I got Cleveland taking out the Baltimore Ravens and moving on to the AFC Championship game to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think Buffalo fans are going to once again get their hearts broken. Patrick Mahomes is one, once again going to piss in a bowl of blue cheese and piss off everybody in western New York and ruin everything for all the diehard members of Bills Mafia. I got Kansas City. I can't go against them. I can't do it. I can't count them out. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Chiefs. I know they've looked like trash all season long, but it's still the Chiefs. And until I see somebody beat them, I can't count them out. So in the AFC, I got the Chiefs and Cleveland AFC Championship game It's a great story for the Browns. It's been a long time since Cleveland has played in a conference championship game. Matter of fact, you got to go all the way back to 1987. That was the game where Ernest Biner had that fumble on the road against Denver in the AFC Championship. Another heartbreaker for the Browns. Think about a year prior to that, John Elway led the drive in Cleveland. Took the Broncos 98 yards and beat the Cleveland Browns to advance to Super Bowl XXI back in 1986. It's been a long time. Since the late 80s, the Browns played in the AFC Championship. I think it happens again this season, but they come up short. And the Kansas City Chiefs, for the fourth time in about five years, advanced to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl 54, 55, 57, and Fifty Eight. In my opinion, I could be wrong, but my prediction is the Chiefs get back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in 5 years. Very impressive. However, it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tougher road this time because in those previous runs, they always had home field. You had to go to Arrowhead. You had to go to Kansas City and try to beat them and no other than Cincinnati nobody could. The Bengals got them in 2021, but other than that, nobody else can go into Kansas City and win a playoff game. But this year, they're going to have to go on the road. It's going to be tougher, but I just don't believe in Baltimore. They would have home field advantage in the championship if they played Cleveland. Cleveland's a five seed. Uh, The Chiefs are a three seed and they won their division. So they would have home field in this scenario. So I I just feel like it's gonna break even for them and they're gonna figure things out and their defense is good enough and the offense is still gonna make some plays here and there Mahomes Kelsey Reed the running game Pacheco get that going run the football don't even rely on the passing game they're gonna figure it out I give I give champions the benefit of a doubt if you've shown and proved to me that you're capable of winning I don't I don't discount you I don't bet against you unless I feel like you're truly and completely washed and I don't feel like Kansas City is washed I feel like there's still some gas left in the tank so that's the way I feel about the AFC what about the NFC the National Football Conference three games this weekend just like the AFC Detroit versus Los Angeles Dallas and Green Bay and on Monday night football the champions of the NFC South The Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that represented the National Football Conference in last year's Super Bowl, but a team that has been on a downward spiral ever since they got curb stomped by the 49ers on December 3rd. One in five since that loss. Offense in complete and total disarray. Rumors of infighting and finger-pointing. The head coach, Nick Sirianni, on the hot seat There's a lot on the line this Monday night, especially for him. There's word out there, rumors and innuendo, that if Philadelphia loses on Monday, Sirianni's out of a job. Now think about that. This guy 11 months ago was coaching in the Super Bowl, and on Monday night football, first-round wild-card playoff game, he is potentially coaching for his job now, 11 months later. Currently, as we speak, there are eight head coaching vacancies in the National Football League. It might be nine after Monday night. If the Eagles' wings get clipped by the Buccaneers, and there's a real chance that might happen, you might see somebody else on the sidelines for the Philadelphia Eagles next season. Local frat boy and You know, the most punchable-looking dude in the NFL, Sirianni comes across as a total douchebag. Never met the guy, don't know him personally, but his whole image, persona, the way he carries himself, the way he presents himself, the way he talks, the way he looks, he comes across as an insufferable douchebag. And in my opinion, he has this season been exposed. I think the assistant coaches that left in the offseason, Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon, I feel like those guys were the biggest reasons why Philadelphia went as far as they did last season. And look at – Gannon had a good season for me, in my opinion, given the circumstances and the lack of talent that he had to work with in Arizona. That team is talent deficient, and that's putting it mildly, and that's being nice about the situation. And Gannon had them in almost every game they played this season. They beat Philadelphia. They beat Dallas. I think John Gannon deserves a lot of credit and a lot of respect for what he did this season. And to me, he along he along with Shane Steichen, who had, a, I thought, a great year in Indianapolis, given the circumstances. That team is also talent deficient. They come into the season with Anthony Richardson, the draft pick out of, out of the uh, University of Florida, being a starting quarterback. He has some success. He had some good moments. He also got hurt in week four, missed the rest of the season. This team was in the playoff hunt with Gardner Minshew being their their quarterback. And if he completes a pass on fourth and one, the last game of the season, or if they just give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, a formula that was working in that game versus the Houston Texans, Indianapolis might be in the playoffs right now. So... Those two guys, to me, were the biggest reasons why Philadelphia had success last season. And in their absence, Nick Sirianni's team has struggled mightily. Got off to a great start, but one in five down the stretch is one in five. And the team right now is in pure shambles. And they're going into the playoffs on the road. Think about it. A month ago, they were the number one seed in the NFC. Now you're a five seed traveling to Tampa Bay versus a Buccaneers team that should not be overlooked. This team is playing good football down the stretch last month. They are, once again, the antithesis of the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia 1-5 down the stretch. Tampa Bay 5-1. Due in large part to their defense that is only giving up 16.3 points per game in their last six games, second fewest in the NFL. Meanwhile, Philadelphia has allowed 30.3 points per game during that same stretch. Tampa Bay also wins the turnover battle. Currently, right now, the Buccaneers rank third among NFC playoff teams, trailing only Dallas plus 10 and San Francisco plus 10. And how about a round of applause and some appreciation and some kind words, some acknowledgments for a guy that was written off a year ago. He was fucking terrible in Carolina last season, lost his job in Cleveland to Deshaun Watson, Much maligned, very much hated, loathed, detested, and criticized. A lightning rod for attention. A polarizing quarterback. My man, Baker the touchdown maker. Baker Mayfield has a 4-1 to touchdown to interception ratio in his postseason career. Remember, Cleveland went into Pittsburgh in 2020 and beat them and won that playoff game and they were led by baker mayfield who outplayed ben roethlisberger in that game the following week they lose on the road to kansas city but there's no shame in that typically that's the outcome for afc football teams that travel to arrowhead and try to play a playoff game versus the kansas city chiefs only tom brady in the 2018 AFC Championship, and Joe Burrow in the 2021 AFC Championship have walked into Arrowhead and come out with a victory. Baker Mayfield put up a hell of a fight. He played well enough, coulda won that game. I know it's not about coulda, woulda, shoulda. I know it's not about hypotheticals. It's about the end results. But I've seen Baker Mayfield play good football in the playoffs, and I, and that matters to me. Jalen Hurts. The quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, same thing. I've seen him play good football. If the Eagles had won that Super Bowl against Kansas City last season, Super Bowl 57, Jalen Hurts was going to be the MVP of that game. Outstanding. Over 300 yards passing, three rushing touchdowns, but a fumble that led to a scoop and score by Nick Bolton. And you lose the game 38-35. But Jalen Hurts was awesome in that game. This season, not so much. A lot of turnovers, giving the ball away, inconsistent play. Jalen Hurts this season, 3,858 yards, passing 23 touchdown passes, 15 picks, quarterback rating of 89.1. Unacceptable. You got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Those numbers should be better. And coming off an MVP caliber season a year ago, where if he doesn't get hurt, The same thing I said about the Super Bowl MVP is the same thing I say about the regular season MVP last season. Jalen Hurts could have won both of them. He was awesome last year. Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen leaves. The offense a little bit different. The play calling this season, vanilla, milk toast, watered down, predictable. And the offense has struggled. I don't like Philadelphia's chances. I think Nick Sirianni might have to clear out his desk on Tuesday morning. I think this might be it. This might be the end. I I got the Buccaneers winning this football game. That defense is good, and Baker Mayfield's playing clean football the last month in the season and in the playoffs. Baker's a good quarterback. I think Tampa Bay wins this football game, and they got home field. I'm gonna say Tampa Bay 27, Philadelphia 16. 27, 16 bucks. Moving on to Detroit, Michigan, Motor City, Motown, whatever you want to call it, Ford Field is going to be an asylum this Sunday, a madhouse at Ford Field because for the first time since 1993, the Detroit Lions have won their division, rolling into the playoffs, winning three of their last four games, and the one game they lost was due to poor officiating, dubious officiating, suspicious officiating officiating in Dallas Texas against the Cowboys on that Saturday night football game that officiating crew should be investigated that was abysmal unconscionable officiating in that game complete bullshit numerous blown calls that game looked crazy I don't like conspiracy theories I don't believe that the games are fixed I don't believe in the NFL having a script or any of any other sport for that matter But that game seemed like it was written by Vince McMahon. It was almost as if Dallas had a special guest referee. You know, back in the days whenever Vince and Stone Cold were going at each other, and Vince would always come up with all these different schemes and harebrained plots to fuck over Stone Cold Steve Austin and cost him the WWF championship. He might have Austin versus The Undertaker and Kane at the same time, And also have a special guest referee, Pat Patterson. Have Shane McMahon on commentary. Gerald Briscoe, the timekeeper. And Vince is standing outside the ring. That's how that game came across to me. Completely fixed. I I don't even like saying that. I hate saying that because I don't believe that football games are fixed. I want to believe that everything is legitimate. That there is zero, no chicanery involved in any of these football games, but a game like that, that shit looked fixed. That two-point conversion play where the left tackle, Taylor Decker, reports himself as being eligible, and the referee apparently didn't hear it or didn't know or didn't understand why a left tackle, an offensive lineman, a big fat motherfucker, is walking up to him before the play. What do you think he's trying to tell you? Happy New Year? Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas? How's the wife? How's the kids? How's the car running? What the fuck do you think he was trying to tell you? He's reporting as eligible. What do you mean you didn't hear it or didn't know what he was trying to do? That game looked fixed. That game looked like some Vince McMahon attitude era bullshit. Stone Cold Steve Austin wins the match, but Vince comes out and says, no, 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 restart the match. And this time, I'm going to be the special guest referee. And Austin cannot use the Stone Cold Stunner. He must win with some other move. And just for shits and giggles, if he gets counted out or disqualified, he still loses the WWF championship. That's how that football game between Detroit and Dallas came across to me. But nonetheless, the Detroit Lions have qualified for the NFL playoffs. And I think that's awesome. I think that's great for the sport. That's a good look for the NFL Passionate fan base up there in uh, the great state of Michigan. Loyal Detroit Lions fans up there. And it's a good look for the league. Like I said, it's awesome. Whenever a team like that goes a long time as they have without winning, and then all of a sudden they become good again. Dan Campbell got these guys biting kneecaps off. My man Jared Goff. Anybody that knows me, anybody that listens to the podcast knows I am the president, chairman, and CEO, and founder of the Jared Goff Fan Club. And I'm happy to see him have the success that he's having right now. This game is so interesting on so many levels. They come in winning three out of four down the stretch. Their opponent, the Los Angeles Rams, have won seven out of eight coming into the playoffs. And their quarterback is Matt Stafford. The same Matt Stafford that in 2008 was drafted with the first pick overall by, guess who, the Detroit Lions. Storylines in abundance. Maybe it is fixed. Maybe somebody is behind the scenes writing a script. Because how else do you explain this? The Rams make the playoffs. They're not supposed to. Nobody coming into this season said the Rams are going to make the playoffs. They got off to a slow start. But like I said, they win 7 of 8 down the stretch. Matt Stafford playing out of his mind. Puka Nakua. Where the fuck did he come from? Cooper Cup still putting in work. Sean McVay. I've maligned and slandered Sean McVay a number of times on this podcast As I say at the onset of every podcast, I call things right down the middle. I don't care if I like you. I don't care if I dislike you. I'm a 49er fan. I hate the fucking Rams, but credit is given where credit is due. Sean McVay has coached his ass off this season. Sean McVay, a.k.a. Hank Scorpio from the Simpsons, has done an incredible job this season with a football team that no one thought was going to be good this year. And with a quarterback that some people might have written off because he's getting old and last season he was garbage, but he's resurrected himself. The same quarterback that a couple of years ago was traded by Detroit to Los Angeles in exchange for Jared Goff, the current quarterback of the Detroit Lions, is like two ships passing in the night. I can't wait to watch this game. It's a Sunday night game. Ford Field is going to be ridiculous This Sunday night in Detroit, Michigan. All the local Detroit celebrities are going to be there. I don't know this for a fact. I'm just assuming Eminem should be there. Uh, Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Who else? Barry Sanders should be in the house. Calvin Johnson. Bring him back. Fuck it bring everybody back. Make this a big deal. Make this a happening. You have not won your division in 31 years. You have not won a playoff game since 1991. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines just won the college football playoff. Bring them to the game. Bring the entire state of Michigan. Celebrate this moment. Own it. You've been waiting over 30 years for this. All of that being said, and maybe even for those reasons that Detroit is going to be in mass hysteria for this game, it might be too much. It might be too much for the Lions, playing with all that hometown civic pride and trying to do well by all these loyal Detroit Lions fans that stuck with them despite all the years of futility, the Matt Millen error, all the horrendous draft picks. Despite all of that, these people stayed with that football team. And I respect that. I commend that. That's, that's what being a sports fan is all about. You stick with your team no matter what. Through thick and thin, the good times and the bad times and everything in between. The 2016 San Francisco 49ers were 2-14 and and gave up 137.5 yards a game on the ground, rushing yards defensively they gave up 137.5 yards per game on the ground they sucked they were the drizzling shits garbage Nicki minaj lizzo ass terrible sexy red sex tape bullshit they sucked they were easily the worst team in the nfl and in my opinion, one of the least talented football teams I've ever watched. And you know what I did that year? I painstakingly watched all 16 games the 49ers played that year. They beat the Rams twice. They only beat one team that whole year. They beat the Rams twice. I watched every fucking game the 49ers played that year. I'm a fan. Just like those good people in Detroit, Michigan, and all over the state of Michigan, Good, loyal fans. And with all that being said, I think the Rams are going to win that game. Got no rhyme or reason other than I don't like Detroit's secondary. Aiden Hutchinson and company are going to have to get pressure on Stafford early and often. Get to the quarterback. He's old. He can't move. Get him off his spot and make him uncomfortable. If Stafford has time, he can find open receivers. He can decimate that Lions secondary. It's going to be like any other football game. The battle in the trenches is going to be won up front. And whoever wins that battle wins the football game. I think the Rams got enough defensively. Aaron Donald is still playing at a high level. Future first ballot pro football Hall of Famer Aaron Donald. Grown adult man Aaron Donald. If they can get pressure on Goff, Goff, just like any other quarterback, struggles whenever he's under pressure. I got the Rams winning this football game close. Going to be a good game, back and forth, down to the last second. But I got the Rams pulling the upset and winning this football game. Moving on to the second round to play the 49ers. That's going to be a a tough game because it's a division rival. You're playing them for the third time this season, even though the second time was a glorified preseason game. But still, they know us and we know them. McVay and Shanahan used to work together. No love lost there. That could potentially be a tough divisional playoff game. The Niners and the Rams, that's the way I see it. The other NFC playoff game, the Green Bay Packers, ahead of schedule. Nobody saw them coming. Jordan Love, since week 11, 18 touchdown passes, one pick. In the middle of the season, everybody wrote this young man off. Please make sure your apology is just as loud as your disrespect whenever you're talking about Jordan Love. good young quarterback, making a name for himself. How do the Green Bay Packers continue to do this? You go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, you just keep stumbling upon good quarterbacks. A lot of skepticism coming into this season. How is the post-Aaron Rodgers era going to look in Green Bay? Do we know about Jordan Love? What kind of quarterback is he? We've only seen him play a little bit of football here and there, a game against Kansas City when Rodgers was out for COVID or being on the COVID list. Some mop-up duty against the Eagles a couple of years ago on Sunday night. He's an unknown. He's a mystery. We don't know about Jordan Love. We don't know if he's ready to assume the reins of being the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But 4,159 yards later, 32 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions later. We know about Jordan Love, and we know he's a good quarterback. As a 49er fan, I'll say this. Jordan Love is everything we thought hoped, and wish Trey Lance was going to be. I really feel that. I really believe that. Jordan Love is the quarterback that we wanted Trey Lance to be but never became, and that's unfortunate. Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud are my two favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, not named Brock Purdy. I'm a fan of both of these young brothers. I look forward to seeing how they develop and grow and mature and continue on in the NFL. However, The same thing I said about C.J. Stroud is the same thing I say about Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. You are one year ahead of schedule. It's a nice story. It's cool. It's a fun thing to see. But you're not going to win your playoff game. Dallas doesn't lose at home. Dak Prescott, listen, the two quarterbacks in this game lead the NFL in touchdown passes. Jordan Love 2, number 1, Dak Prescott. This season, rain Dakota Prescott threw for 4,516 yards, 36 touchdown passes, 9 picks, and a quarterback rating of 105.9. All this talk about Lamar Jackson winning MVP, truthfully, honestly, authentically, I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott maybe should win league MVP this season. Even over my guy, Brock Purdy, over Lamar, over CMC, Tyreek Hill, whoever else you want to mention. Listen to those numbers. 4,516 yards, 36 touchdown passes, 9 picks, 105.9 quarterback rating, 12 wins on the regular season for the third consecutive year in Dallas, and they won their division. You know what that sounds like to me? NFL League MVP, Dak Prescott. He's not going to win it. I already already see the wheels in motion. This whole Lamar being MVP thing started about a month ago by the media. Chris Collinsworth started that on Sunday Night Football. So it's going to happen. So fine, fuck it, whatever. Congratulations, Lamar. But honestly, Dak Prescott probably should win League MVP this season. He got off to a slow start. The first six games were not very good, but after that... He's played high-caliber football. Give credit where it's due. The Cowboys don't lose home games. They don't don't lose home playoff games. Well, unless it's against the 49ers. But the Green Bay Packers are not the San Francisco 49ers. They are a young team on the rise. Unlimited potential. But I just don't see it happening this Sunday Uh, in Dallas. 430 on Fox going to be the highest rated game this, uh, this playoff weekend, no doubt about that. I mean, you got Dallas, the most popular team, America's team, blah, 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 yada, 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 Green Bay, strong fan base in their own right, another signature franchise, another great historic NFL rivalry, another instance of you're not able to tell the full story of the NFL without talking about Cowboys and Packers. 1966, the Ice Bowl, Green Bay, Dallas. And ever since then, we're talking about two teams that have have combined to win nine Super Bowls and dominate the NFL for different eras, decades, years, different legendary Hall of Fame caliber. Players have worn the uniforms of both of those teams. You can't ignore it. You cannot downplay the significance and the relevance of the Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be the highest-rated football game played this weekend. I predict about 33 million watch this game on Sunday. I also predict Dallas 33, Green Bay, I want to say, mm, let's go with 21, 33-21 Cowboys. I also got Dallas beating uh, Tampa Bay in the second round. That would be the matchup. It would be 49ers and Rams. Tampa and Dallas, I think for the second year in a row, the Cowboys take care of the Buccaneers. And the third year in a row, the 49ers take care of the Cowboys. 2021, the wild card. 2022, divisional. 2023, NFC championship game. Three consecutive seasons, Dallas comes into the playoffs winning 12 games. Two of those years, they win their division. And all three years, The Cowboys get eliminated by the San Francisco 49ers, which then sets the table for a rematch of Super Bowl 54, a game that gave me PTSD that I still think about, that scumbag Jimmy Garoppolo missing Emmanuel Sanders' wide ass open on a post route in the fourth quarter with football immortality on the line, and he just couldn't do it. A rematch. This time, different outcome, different result. The 49ers win the Super Bowl this season over the Kansas City Chiefs. You heard it here first here on the Deion Gordon Podcast. The San Francisco 49ers bring home that elusive sixth Lombardi trophy this season. 49ers win the Super Bowl this year. I'm going to say it again. The 49ers win the Super Bowl. Fuck what you heard and fuck whoever told you that shit. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. The Niners are winning the Super Bowl this season. And with all of that being said, that concludes another edition of the Deion Gordon Podcast. Eternally grateful, always humble, and very much appreciative. And remember, at all times tread lightly like a woodpecker with a headache until next time picture me rolling i'm out